Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Oh. Sound the alarms, sound the alarms. We have an emergency wine and gold talk podcast this morning. Right after Chris and I pressed, or right after I pressed publish on the latest wine and gold talk podcast, and right after Chris and I recorded it, Cavaliers jumped in and made a big deal with the Brooklyn Nets, part of the James Harden trade. So if you've been living under a rock and you are not aware of what this deal may be, Cavaliers have acquired Jared Allen and Torian Prince from the Brooklyn Nets in this James Harden mega deal. Uh, Brooklyn is then getting Dante Exum, and then the Cavaliers gave uh, them two picks, Milwaukee's 2022 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. So again, Cleveland acquires Jared Allen, uh, a 22-year-old center who is the main part of this deal, which is, we're going to get into that. I think it's a great piece, but... um, Jared Allen and Torian Prince for Dante Exum, the 2022 first-round pick from Milwaukee, and a 2024 second-round pick. So, Chris, let's get you in here quickly. Yeah. Right after we got, right after we had this, we, we all this discussion about how maybe the I kind of brought up how maybe the Cavaliers going through a little bit of a lull in interest. <laughs> all of a sudden, bang, they're right back at the top. Yeah, I mean, this sparks interest. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I get the sense that a lot of people. Um, that our Cavs fans are excited about this, in part because Jared Allen's a really good fit, um, in part because the Cavs now have their center of the future to grow with their young core. But but I think these kinds of moves provide um, optimism for the future, and it brings the plan together in a lot of people's minds, and it gives a lot of belief to the Kobe Altman-led front office. So... Um, these kinds of moves start to change, I think, the perception of all those different things. Absolutely. So, Jared Allen, I mean, I think the most fun part about this, and I tweeted this yesterday, is that the Cavaliers now have Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., Isaac Caro, and Jared Allen, who are all under 23. I yep. mean, this is, the, this is the core. And maybe they'll add, you know, maybe they can add to that. But, I mean, that's the core right there. That's That's... That's the young, exciting, grow together, you know, unit that you're going to have going forward in Cleveland, and that's that's an exciting thing again, especially adding a guy like Allen who is just going to be that, you know, board monster for the rest of, for most of the rest of those guys. 
Yeah, and on top of that, you can add Dylan Windler, even though he's not 22. Yeah. He's about 23, 24 years old. And then Larry Nance Jr. is part of that core as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the future of this organization is tied to a lot of those guys that you mentioned, Hayden. And you start to feel a lot better about the future of the organization because of those guys. You know, the jury was out on somebody like Darius Garland coming into this year, but before he suffered... Uh, the sprained right shoulder. He was playing really well. He was starting to show flashes of being that fifth overall pick. Colin Sexton was very good in his first two seasons. He's off to a tremendous start this year, um, just picking up where he left off in March. So yeah, you start to see the plan come together. And not only that, Hayden, it's like the pieces start fitting better with this plan. Uh, suddenly you have the point guard of the future in Darius Garland and you have the elite scorer in Colin Sexton. And then you have the tantalizing upside of Kevin Porter Jr. If he can get his life together. And then you have the rim protector and the linchpin of the defense in Jared Allen. And I think that's really, really important, right? Because um, what have we been saying since Colin Sexton and Darius Garland were teamed together? Oh, they can't defend anybody. Uh, yep. Opposing teams are just going to continuously pick on them. Well, now you have their protector in Allen, who is an elite shot blocker um, and somebody who has the athleticism, the speed, the quickness, the versatility, all those different things to cover up um, and mask some of the limitations that you're going to have um, when you when you play an undersized backcourt. You know, the reason why it's worked for a team like Portland is because they made a commitment to surround those guys by big defensive-minded players, either uh, next to them on the perimeter or inside as well. And the Cavs have made that same commitment. It started with the Andre Drummond trade last February. Um, it continued this offseason with the addition of JaVale McGee and, of course, Isaac Okoro in the draft. And like those are the kinds of defensive components that you need to have if you're going to have an unconventional tiny backcourt. Absolutely. And Jared and Allen becomes, you know, the linchpin of the whole thing moving forward. Yeah, he really does. I mean, that's, you know, we don't, we know that Andre Drummond's a free agent after the season and we know that JaVale McGee's not for the long haul. So this is the, this is the guy. Jared Allen is the guy going forward to be that guy, as you mentioned, to be, um, yeah, as you said, that the, the the, the helper back there, the stopper back there to help those guys out. Um, Torian Prince, just for a second, I know we'll talk probably more about Jared Allen, but Torian Prince, I think just probably brings a little depth to that position where there's, you know, a little bit of, I mean, there's actually at, right now, you have Jetty Osman, you have Dylan Windler who's out, but um, they're trying to bring some stability to, the, to that position. I think it's probably just a good deal for depth there. For sure. And, and yeah. look, this, this allows them to not rush back. No, they wouldn't have anyway, because they always take a cautious approach with injuries. But this this takes away the temptation to maybe force Dylan Windler back before he's too soon, right? Or start making rash decisions when it comes to different, um, different situations like that. Um, Prince is a three and D guy. Uh, he's a three and D guy that can play the three and the four. Um, and Jetty Osman has been playing a lot of minutes over this stretch. You know, 38 the other night against Utah, 34 against Memphis the night before that. He's not in a perfect world. 
he's not a high minute player like that. Right. He's somebody who, you know, like the Atlanta game about two weeks ago when Dante Exum was playing the three because they wanted his defense against Trey Young. Jetty Osman was like 25 minutes, something like that. Um, when healthy, that's what the Cavs were looking at with Jetty, somewhere between 20 and 30, not mid-30s, high-30s. And this allows his minutes to go down. You know, Damian Dotson's been playing on a bum ankle. I've been told that his ankle's about 75%, and yet they have no other choice but to run him out there for high minutes as well because he's their de facto point guard. He brings some of those defensive elements that Dante Exum did that the Cavs lost when Exum went down with his injury and then was traded. So this allows them to kind of bring Damian Dotson's minutes down a little bit. And like I said, um, Dylan Windler is still, I don't know, maybe about two, three weeks away from returning. He's been able to shoot. He's got the soft cast off his left hand. He's been doing a lot of things prior to games. The Cavs are supposed to practice this afternoon. Um, so the first real basketball activity that, that Windler has had um, since fracturing his left hand has come before the last two home games where he's been able to go out on the court, take some shots, um, test out that left hand. It's all part of the recovery process. In saying that, he's probably still about two, three weeks away from returning, um, I'd say at the earliest at this yeah. point in time. So this gives the Cavs a healthy, capable body who has started games before in the NBA. I, you know, I, I, want, I, I want to think about, you know, the the greatness or the good, the, the good qualities of this trade about, you know, bringing in Jared Allen and bringing in Torian uh, Prince and like you know I think this is an awesome thing for the Cavaliers especially for the long term mm -hmm. uh, but there was some blowback yesterday and it wasn't tremendous uh, but there was some blowback about this first round pick now from my perspective yeah. the first round pick I mean okay you bring in a guy who's going to grow with your core that that's that's more important than any pick that you'll ever have and secondly the pick is Milwaukee's and Milwaukee, you know, for all intents and purposes, should probably be pretty good. So, yeah. basically, in my mind, you're trading, you're getting Jared Allen for that pick, um, which I think is a, a better deal for the Cavaliers. And then you're maybe getting Torian Prince for the second round pick. So I'm not at all concerned with the pick. But some people are like, why, well, why are they giving away a first round pick? I don't understand. Well, this is why you get those picks, right? And that's what a source told me yesterday, and I put it in my story. Like, you collect assets for a variety of different reasons. And I think sometimes, Hayden, this is what's lost. The Cavs will pick up these extra second-round picks, and people will be like, oh, it's stupid, there's no value to those things. Or they pick up a first-round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks, and people are looking at it saying, it's going to be an end-of-the-first-round pick, there's no value attached to it. This is why you do that, right? They used four second-round picks to get Kevin Porter Jr. in the 2019 draft. They used one first-round pick and a second-round pick to get somebody like Jared Allen. You don't always acquire those picks to use them yourselves and draft somebody. That's not the way that it goes. You use them as assets to move around and make deals like this. And the, the guy that they got here, Jared Allen, 
is better um, than anybody that the Cavs could get at the back end of the first round. And not only that, he's an ideal fit for what this team um, needed moving forward. So I don't think there's any problem with the Cavs giving up that kind of value. It's the Milwaukee pick that lost value the minute that Giannis decided to sign the Supermax extension. Now, like, yeah, uh, he could get hurt. Milwaukee could run into a whole bunch of problems. It's an unprotected pick. And and you never know what Milwaukee is going to be the year before that. Um, At the same time, it's Milwaukee. And you have a good idea that they're still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And the minute that Giannis signed his Supermax extension, the value of that pick started to go down. Um, and the Cavs were always willing to use that pick as a trade chip, provided the right opportunity presented itself. And, and look, Jared Allen is a guy that the Cavs have liked since 2017. They liked him in the NBA draft. I was told that they tried to go out and trade for him this past offseason as a Tristan Thompson replacement, but the Nets decided that they didn't want to move him. They were in win-now mode, and they thought they needed him to be part of their um, center rotation with DeAndre Jordan. So this is somebody that the Cavs have liked for a long time, and they had a hard time getting him um, in past years. And these are the kinds of guys that the Cavs would have gone after. Well, they would have gone after him, um, in, in free agency this upcoming offseason, and these are the kinds of guys in free agency that the Cavs sometimes struggle to get when there's a whole bunch of competition for the same player because they can't always offer or match the other offers of the other team. So now they've got him in advance. They've got 50 games to show him this is where he should be, and they've got rights to match any offer sheet that he gets in this offseason. So this is essentially pre-spending their free agency cap space and getting a guy who they were going to target in free agency and show him 50 games of why he should be here. Um, And this, in some ways, Hayden, eliminates the competition that they were going to face in free agency this upcoming offseason for Jared Allen. And all it took to do that was a back end of the first round pick. And I think the Cavs would make that kind of deal um, 10 times out of 10. Absolutely. It makes all the sense in the world for them to do that, especially for a player like Jared Allen. Um, again, who, for all of those reasons, you know, the ability to show him that he wants to be or that he should be here and that you're kind of you have his rights and all that stuff. I think it's perfect. Um, and, and I think that's that's a point that we need to bring up. This, this doesn't mean that the Cavs don't like Andre Drummond because yeah. A lot of people have gone this direction. Andre has been great this season. Absolutely great. He's been one of the best big men in the entire NBA. And since he was traded here in last February, uh, the Cavs' competitiveness have been, has, has been cranked up to a different kind of level. They were 4-4 four and four with him in the lineup last year. They're 5-6 and six with him in the lineup this year. They got blasted by 30 in the only game that he's missed this year. That's not a coincidence. But but Andre is a different kind of player than Jared Allen. Uh, one, he needs touches. Two, he likes face-up opportunities. And, and that doesn't fit as well with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, two ball-dominant guards. 
so that's part of the equation. The other part of it is, even though the Cavs like Andre, they don't control the outcome as much this offseason. You know what I mean? The fact that Jared Allen and, and the Cavs get his bird rights, that gives them an element of control going into free agency this offseason. Uh, even if a team goes and, and makes a huge offer sheet, the Cavs theoretically could match that offer. Um, if a team makes a big offer to Andre Drummond, he could just say yes to it and he could leave the Cavs if it gets that far where he goes into free agency um, following the full season with the Cavs. So that element of control that the Cavs have with Jarrett Allen is a way to protect themselves in a way that they couldn't protect themselves with Andre Drummond. On top of that, Hayden, I've been told that initial conversations, even though they haven't been deep and detailed, initial conversations with Dre and his representation didn't go great. And the kind of value that he's looking for is, is not necessarily one that the Cavs would be comfortable with in free agency because he's not an ideal fit the way that Jared Allen is. And this, I mean, could also be, I mean, you know, there's there's no doubt that the, the Andre Drummond trade possibility has always been there. Of course. So, so maybe, And everybody has known that, right. including so maybe, Andre and his reps. Does this, so does this maybe push the pedal a little more forward on that, you know, looking forward to February, March? He's going to be tough to trade, man. Yeah. On 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 one hand, you can sit here and you can say that that Andre's been one of the best bigs in the NBA, and you can be accurate with that. He's a walking double double. Um, defensively, he has cranked it up. He said coming into this year, Hayden, that he wanted to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's mm-hmm. playing like that early on. Now, he's only been in the lineup for eleven games. Uh, he's obviously motivated in a contract year. I think he's probably motivated uh, to get to a contender via trade. Um, but even if that doesn't happen, like he's bought into what J.B. Bickerstaff is asking of him, and he's bought in on the defensive end specifically. Offensively, we've talked about it. Very good, very important for the Cavs, especially a team that has struggled mightily on the offensive end since all of these injuries. But defensively, He's been one of the best bigs in the NBA going into the other night's game, Hayden, in terms of defensive field goal percentage against in the NBA early on in the season. He was number two in the league. That's the kind of impact that he can have. That's the kind of impact that he has had. So that's one hand. You look at all of the things that he brings on the court. But it's going to be tough to trade him because his number is so high. And everybody knows that. And the value of the center, unless you're here in Cleveland, has gone down, at least centers like Andre Drummond. Um, Not all centers are made alike. But centers like him, that value has gone down. So the Cavs are fighting against that in terms of potential trade offers. Um, So let's say say a team is interested. I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head of, of which team would. Uh, in a hilarious twist, Brooklyn would need him, but that's not happening. No. Um, all right, so let's say the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves are a team that simply can't defend the paint. They need a big guy to help out Carl Anthony Towns. They're probably not going to make a deal because they're 3-8. and eight. 
they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. But but if all of a sudden they feel like they want to make a push towards the playoffs, maybe Minnesota is a team that makes sense. Well, Minnesota would have to find the kind of salary to match Andre Drummond. And that means they've got to find like $28 million. That's not easy to do. Oftentimes, Hayden, that's either going to require the Cavs taking back a bad contract, um, which I think they'd be willing to do depending on what comes with it. Um, Or that means that the Cavs would have to take back multiple players. And they really aren't in position to take back multiple players because their roster is full. And the only one that they can really release is Dean Wade because obviously he's one of the last guys on this roster. Um, Aside from that, they have nobody else that they would get rid of. They're not getting rid of Dotson, right? They're not, not getting rid of Prince. They're not getting rid of Delhi. They're not getting rid of Jetty. Like in terms of just like releasing these guys outright to make the space on the roster. So if you can find a two for one deal for Andre Drummond or a one for one deal where the Cavs take back a big, big salary and get a draft pick attached to it, then sure, they would go that direction. But if you start talking about them taking back three, four guys, or even the trickiness that that is involved in getting a third or fourth team uh, to be part of the deal, suddenly things get a little bit complicated. Um, in all honesty, Hayden, it's going to be a lot easier for the Cavs to move JaVale McGee than it is Andre Drummond. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think still the fun part about this trade is just that look thinking about the future. I mean, it's not so much the it's you know when I look at this trade, I'm not really looking at this year or next. I'm looking like two, three years down the road. Yeah. I mean, you know, because like then you then your guys will be all like 22, 23, 24, 25. You know, Larry Nance will be 30. Um, I mean, it's it's exciting to think like, man, that that could be if they just if they continue to develop and continue to work together and grow together, like that could be a really fun team in two to three years. And Jared Allen is 22 years old yeah. and he's about to go into the prime of his career. And he was in the midst of his best stretch of basketball going back to the bubble. He was great in the bubble for Brooklyn. And then he carried that over into this year and he was in the middle of a career year. Like, that's the kind of guy that the Cavs got. And sometimes with 22-year-olds, you don't really know what they are or what they can be. You don't see it enough. Um, And maybe you draft somebody who's like 21, 22 years old or something like that. And they don't have the kind of experience that Allen does. You know that he can play in the NBA. And you also know that there's more that you can pull out of him especially in this particular environment surrounded by these players where his career has the ability to take off and maybe even reach the next level of all-star. I love it. I love it for this year though. I'm, I'm thought, you know, because I was just, I was thinking about years down the road, but so for this year, I mean, does this, does this astronomically change or maybe not astronomically, but how much no. does this change the, trajectory of this season like you know i think we're both thinking that they're still going to be around the same i don't think it changes it like you know so much but i think it gives it a little more oomph a little extra i mean maybe that win total sparks up a a game or two so i think here's what it does um 
there was a lot of conversation that we had coming into this year about how long is Andre Drumming going to stick around? Are they going to trade him at the deadline? Are they going to trade JaVale McGee at the deadline? The truth is, the minute that they trade Andre or JaVale, their competitiveness level is going to drop. Um, I think we can have a conversation about how much it's going to drop, but it's going to drop. Uh, this protects them from completely sinking the minute that one of those guys gets moved, right? Because they have somebody like Jarrett that can play the big minutes or do a lot of the same things that both of those guys could do. And they're not going to take a huge step back defensively because one of those two guys is no longer on the roster. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. that, to me, is going to allow them to probably stay around the win total that we expected them to be around as opposed to plummet below that at some point this season. Because right. I think a lot of people factored that into their um, win total prediction, right? They were looking at it saying, well, at the trade deadline, one of the two guys, if not both, is probably going to be gone. And then they're going to have to play the quote unquote second half of the season without one of those guys. And we're going to build that into their win total projection. Right, right. And now we don't have to worry about that too much. Not as much. Not as much. No. Um, I mean, I just, I, I, I think something else that I thought about, which, you know, which I tweeted about, and this is something that, you know, we don't know a lot about, but we didn't talk about this yesterday much. And I'm glad we had the chance today. I mean, you know, I know this is the Jared Allen and Torian Prince podcast, and it should be. But there was a name yesterday that I mentioned, and a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I forgot. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. is still, still yeah. part of this thing. And I'm excited. To, I mean, again, going back to last year, he was the most exciting guy on the roster, I think. So any updates on, nope. on Kevin and just like, will we see him this season? I, I don't know. I expect they'll see him this season. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think people have to understand that from the Cavs perspective, they don't feel like basketball is the most important thing for him right now. It's okay. him getting his chaotic life together. And they're trying to help him with that. And they're trying to help him with that in, in every way that they think is right. They're trying to do right by the organization. They're trying to do right by the kid. And KPJ needs time for self-care. And I think everybody should be understanding of that. The hard thing is he is so exciting. He is so or was. I think he still is. But coming into this year, so many people had high hopes for him and consider him such an important piece of this team's future. Um, so they want answers. But the truth is, people are looking for answers to a question that has no definitive answer. This isn't an injury, Hayden. It's not. Yeah. Injuries oftentimes have timetables attached, and you can go based on history, and you can go based on what the medicals are going to point you to. Um, this isn't a situation that has a specific timetable attached to it where in two, three weeks, once the injury recovers and the guy gets his conditioning back up, all of a sudden, you know that he's going to be there. In a lot of ways, it's up to Kevin. In a lot of ways, it's up to what he shows the Cavs and if he can do the things that the Cavs are asking of him away from basketball. Um, 
and the only other thing that I'll say on it is he is not in basketball shape. Yeah. So that's going to take some time. Uh, there's a difference between just staying in shape and being conditioned right and being in basketball shape. Yeah. So when he rejoins the team and he's able to practice with the team, then he's got to work his way into basketball shape. That's another step of this entire equation before he gets onto the court in a game environment. Not to keep bouncing around, but I just have so many thoughts that go along with this Jared Allen trade. And I mean, there's really not too much to add to that. I think it's just a waiting game with with Kevin Porter Jr. And again, I hope he does get his life you know, together. I think that's more important than anything is that he's in a good space mentally, physically, emotionally. And, you know, then basketball can come after that. That's obviously the most important thing for him. But um, I, I was thinking about the starting lineup and where it is this year. I mean, in the future, I think, you know, it's it's a little more clear but this year with Andre I don't think you can take Andre out of the starting lineup so do you do you do you put those two bigs together and you know what happens when Kevin comes back I mean where is Jared Allen where does he fit in the grand scheme of this thing this year I think in the future obviously he'll be a starter but this year it seems like well you know do you put him in the starting lineup instead of Andre like with Kevin out you can put him next to Andre I mean what do you do right now in the short term, that's probably the one drawback of this entire trade. Yes. Is that there's a log jam in the middle. Yes. I think everybody recognizes that. JB Bickerstaff is going to have to figure it out. The Cavs have a lot of confidence in JB, but he's going to have to divvy up the minutes and he's going to have to figure it out. Um, Andre German's going to start. Like, that's. Yes, correct. You're not taking away Andre. Uh, you're not taking him out of that starting lineup. I think you're in danger of losing him. I think um, you lose some chemistry that that starting group has started to build early on in the season. Now, it was disrupted because of everything that happened with the injuries. But this is a two-time NBA All-Star who has been as good as you could ask him to be, if not better, who has done everything that you've asked of him. And I think it would be really, really difficult to take him out of the starting lineup. But again, that's something that J.B. Bickerstaff has to figure out. The guy who's going to get squeezed in this entire thing is JaVale. JaVale's minutes are going to go down. Uh, there's no way around that. Um, maybe J.B. gets really, really creative and plays Andre, JaVale, and Jared Allen at the same time. Like he's played these super, super sized lineups. But I love it. <laughs> you know, that's that's something that he's going to have to figure out and determine if it can actually work. Who knows? JV is willing to try anything, especially in the face of all these different injuries. Maybe he'll just put the tree line up out there. Yeah, I love like two. I was thinking of like a name and I was like two G's and three trees. <laughs> so, like, two cards, three trees, Something like that. That would be an awesome lineup. The two G's and the three trees. Um, Larry Nance Jr. obviously in that fold as well. I mean, that's you know, it's going to be something that JB Bickerstaff is going to have. Back. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love is going to be a huge addition to this team at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen. End of January, beginning of February, they have missed. And this is no offense to Larry Nance Jr., who's been great, um, especially on the defensive end, deflections, steals, 
Uh, the Cavs are salivating over the possibility of an Isaac Okoro, Larry Nance Jr., and Jared Allen front court, and what that's going to mean in the future defensively. Um, but offensively, Larry Nance Jr. is not the same guy as Kevin Love. He's getting no. more comfortable in that kind of role, but he's not the same kind of player. He's not the same kind of outside shooter as Kevin. He's not as comfortable in post-up situations and passing out of that as Kevin. He's not as used to the high usage that comes with a player like Kevin. So um, when Love gets back, the floor spacing is going to improve. I think the offense is going to improve. So let's not forget him in this entire equation. Maybe not going towards the future three, five years down the road, but in the short term, that spot is going to belong to Kevin Love because they need what he brings. Yeah, And they're a better team with him on the court offensively and defensively. You know, defensively, you can sit there and you can make an argument that Nance is better than Love, and he is. But as a collective, they have enough around Kevin Love that they can deal with some of those limitations, I think. Yeah. I, it's it's definitely going to be – I mean, we talked all yet all day yesterday about injuries. Well, now we're talking about, you know, a situation where everybody's healthy. Let's just figure out – let's just figure out getting everybody healthy first, and then we can go – from their, I'm sure that's J, I'm sure that's JB Bickerstaff's kind of point of view is like, all right, I have so many possibilities, but let's just get healthy and then we can figure oh, that yeah. out. Oh yeah, right. And <laughs> you know, Hayden, I don't think there's a huge rush here to move Javale McGee or Andre Drummond. Like, would the Cavs move those guys if they get the right offer? Absolutely. It, it makes things a lot more clear in terms of their rotations and their lineups, but. There's one thing that we have seen early on in the NBA season, right? It's that depth is a massive asset. Yep. So having somebody like JaVale McGee right now as your third big is something that not a lot of teams can say. And we understand, especially in this environment, with COVID protocols and with a bunch of injuries popping up because the Cavs were off for nine months, um... It's not a bad thing to be able uh, to have that kind of big man rotation, even if in the short term it could be frustrating for somebody like McGee because he's not always getting minutes on a nightly basis. Right. Um, Or at least the minutes that he had grown used to. I'll put it that way. Correct. Do we want to get into the trade as a whole? I mean, there was a whole other part of the deal. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter about Brooklyn. Cavs fans don't care about Brooklyn. They don't care about Houston. They don't care about Indiana. <laughs> right, fair At enough. At least I don't think. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. There was, I mean, it's just funny that we're talking about, you know, this trade. And and obviously it's going to get buried nationally because, you know, because of James Harden and who he is and Victor Oladipo and that whole, you know, everything. But, sure. I, I mean, I, I got to give the Cavs like an A-plus on this. I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect deal and the um, perfect way to get in it. And Jared Allen is the perfect fit. Like, I could not imagine a better deal for the Cavaliers if they were to get into a trade like this. They stole Jared Allen and they didn't have to give up much. You know what this reminds me of, actually? I was talking to somebody in the organization about this yesterday on the phone. This reminds me of the deal that the Cavs made a couple of years ago with the Los Angeles Lakers for Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, Remember that one? Yes, I do. So the Cavs gave up Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye and a first-round pick. And they got back Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson. 
Yep. Now, the target in that deal was Nance, obviously. That was the guy that the Cavs wanted. They had coveted for a long time. But they also got Jordan Clarkson in that deal, who helped them out in the short term. Yes. And then they were able to use Jordan Clarkson eventually down the road as a trade asset. Um, then, this they got, very, go ahead. Then, Channing, then they got Channing back. <laughs> yeah, and then they got Channing Fry back. Uh, this is very similar to it. Because the guy that they wanted, obviously, was Jared Allen. But in the short term, they also need somebody like Torian Prince. He's a 3 and D guy. He can help you get the three and the four. He's a rotational piece for this particular team. And then if he revives his value here in Cleveland, if he does, and, you know, I think the only reason why he was up off to such a bad start in Brooklyn is because he was kind of buried on the depth chart and they didn't have minutes for him. But, you know, for three years in Atlanta, he was pretty good. And his first year in Brooklyn, he was pretty good. Uh, he's still only 26 years old. So if he can revive his value, not only can he help you in the short term, but maybe you could eventually flip him for other assets that might make more sense for your setup, the way that the Cavs did with Jordan Clarkson. Um, on top of that, the Cavs like Dante Exum. Obviously, injuries are a problem, and they they needed a healthy body, and they needed salary that was going to match, and obviously that was appealing in this particular trade to the team that, that, that was getting that back. Um, but the Cavs like Dante Exum, and I wouldn't rule out the possibility of them trying to take a run at him in free agency this offseason. So in so many ways, uh, this reminds me of that Los Angeles Lakers deal that the Cavs did a couple of years ago that was awesome for them. And in that deal, they didn't give up very much either. And in this deal, they didn't give up very much. So to me, it was a no-brainer. They stole Jared Allen from the Brooklyn Nets because Brooklyn wasn't going to be able to pay him after getting James Harden. All right. Well, now there is definitely an added element of excitement for this Cavaliers team. Now we want to see Colin Sexton and Darius Garland get healthy. And now we want to see what this thing is going to look like. I mean, you know, it's exciting to have these young kids together. And now now they have a real sense of, okay, this group is going to grow. And not that they didn't before. They did before. But now I think it's even more exciting to add that kind of big man piece that, again, you hope you can sign for long term. And I think that they'll do everything in their power to do that so that all these guys can continue to grow together. I think it's 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 super um, it's super good for this organization. I think it's definitely a super good sign for the future. Um, and, I, again, I just want these guys to get healthy so we can see it. I also think now it's time for people to recognize that general manager Kobe Altman has a plan. He's yep. always had a plan. It was just going to take time for it to crystallize. Yep. Um, and I think it's time for people to show respect to the job that Kobe has done in terms of building this organization. And in many ways, I feel like making something out of nothing. Right. It's, it's not like the Cavs are loaded with assets, Hayden, to make these huge blockbuster deals. They have to get creative. They have to do things like they did yesterday, right? They have to do things like they did in February um, when they were able to get Andre Drummond. Sometimes 
it's not about the first move that a team makes, right? It's about um, what that move means for future moves. Yep. And I think that's a recognition that that people should have at this point in time because um, this Cavs front office has gotten a lot of criticism. And I think that criticism came from mostly an incomplete plan because there wasn't enough time for it to be complete and people measuring success solely based on wins and losses. And look, they've had slip-ups. The John Beeline hiring was a disaster, but it looks like they recovered from that by going out to go get J.B. Bickerstaff. And suddenly the Kyrie Irving trade, which was ripped apart by everybody at that point in time, looks a lot better these days with the chess moves that have come after that. Yep. There are a lot of arms and branches to the Kyrie Irving trade that people can no longer ignore. Um, and this is all part of that. I love it. I love it. I got nothing else. I got nothing else for you. I think cool. that, that's, that's, I mean, if you have anything else, I got nothing else. I think that's the perfect way to put a bow. And now we just sit and watch. So we sit and wait and watch. Oh, I, I never mind. I do have something. Yes, so I'm you assu- do. Okay, nice. What? I'm assuming he'll play tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, the uh-huh. trade was made official around 9 a.m. this morning. Um, I would think so, but I I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's been getting tested right? because he's been playing in Brooklyn. Right. So I think that takes an element out of this equation. Uh, it's not very difficult to get to Cleveland. I, I would think he does play tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, it's obviously in the weekend back-to-back against Washington. You know, this isn't a situation where they have to wait around for a guy to be in quarantine or something like that, that they sign off the street and there are all those protocols involved. Right. Uh, no. It's just how quick can he get here to Cleveland? How quick can he get acclimated? But shoot, man. They signed Yogi Ferrell to a 10-day contract on Monday morning, and he was in the lineup Monday night. So they need bodies. And I think yeah. if, if, if he can get here to Cleveland and everything is cleared the way that the Cavs want, uh, yeah, I would think that they're, they're definitely going to throw him in the lineup right away. They need him. And they need shout Prince, to, too. Yeah. Shout-out to Thon Maker. Shout-out to, uh, to Yogi Ferrell. Um, you know, tough, tough situation, but, um, you know, I think that hopefully those guys, I wish those guys the best as they, uh, try to find, you know, hang on with another organization. I mean, Yogi Ferrell <laughs> Monday signs with Cleveland Thursday release cause of this trade. Yeah. Uh, and then Thonmaker, you know, Thonmaker, we, we kind of thought that maybe he wasn't going to, you know, I think he kind of latched on a little longer than I thought he was going to, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, he, he was... He was a guy who might have lost his spot if if Yogi asserted himself and, yeah. and showed that he was more important and the Cavs needed a backup point guard more than him. You know, he was always he was always the guy on this roster whose spot um, was the most unstable. We'll put it that way. Right. And so now, yeah. Now, well, I mean, the Cavs didn't want to move on from Yogi as quick as they did. They still need a backup point guard. Um, but 
they no longer qualified for the hardship exception after trading Dante Exum. And that yeah. was the problem. The reason why they were able to get Yogi Farrell in the first place is because they had uh, a certain number of players injured, having missed a certain number of games, and were all going to be out for two weeks. Those are the qualifications that you need for the hardship exception. And Dante Exum was taken out of that equation. He was traded elsewhere. And the Cavs no longer qualified for the hardship exception. Exception. So they had to. All right. Well, now we're looking forward to tomorrow night, Friday night. The Cavaliers will be in action, hopefully with um, Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And hopefully with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, too. I don't think maybe maybe a little less um, optimistic about Darius Garland, but certainly optimistic about um, Colin Sexton. Chris, thank you for joining me on this emergency podcast. I'm sorry we couldn't do it last night, but hey, we're people are still <laughs> going to be interested this morning. There's n- there's not a ton of difference. We'll have this up very shortly. Um, so thanks again for joining us. And and like I said, I think we're both excited to see what's going to come with uh, with the exciting addition of Jared Allen and uh, Torian Prince. Yep, it's um, it's it's better for the future of the Cavs, and I think it's very beneficial for them in the short term as well. So. I I don't know in the situation that the Cavs are in with the limited assets that they have. I don't know that they could have done better than this type of trade. This is exactly the kind of piece that they need for their future. I, I completely agree. All right. We will be back next week. Uh, bearing, uh, barring any other trades or any <laughs> other situations that happen after we release this podcast, who knows? Yeah. It could be a deal tomorrow because that's just what it happens. But um, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, definitely be sure to sign up for Chris's subtext. Again, you can find it on the Cleveland.com article where this is posted. There is a link there. You can just put in your number. It'll be $3.99 a month, two-week free trial. And Chris is going to give you all the insight and analysis. And, again, last night, I'm sure, Chris, I'm sure you had some good subtext last night to send you to your uh, subscribers. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah. did. So tried keeping them in the loop as best I could with the craziness that was going on. Yeah, exactly. And there was a wild day. Some off day, by the way. That was supposed to be an off day. Exactly. Well, hopefully today you can get a little bit of a uh, I know they have practice today, but hopefully you can get some more some rest this evening or whatnot. So thank you so much for joining everybody. We appreciate you, Chris. Thank you for joining us. And like I said, we'll be back next week on the One and Gold Talk podcast. Enjoy. Jared Allen, enjoy Torian Prince, and enjoy the future that is coming very soon to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will talk to you soon. Take care.